What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host, Matthew Bruni. You can hit me up at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. What is going on, guys? It is Thursday, September 20th. We've got football tonight. The Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. The Jets coming into First Energy Stadium in Cleveland. And I think that Cleveland might actually win a game. I cannot believe it. Can't wait. I'm so hyped about tonight. I mean, it's crazy to think that we could be sitting here right now and the Cleveland Browns would be 2-0 and if they just had a decent damn kicker. It is ridiculous. 2-0. I never in my life thought I'd be able to say that about the Cleveland Browns. They could be 2-0. I'm excited to watch the game tonight. I think it's going to be a good game tonight. There's so many different storylines going on with this game. But before we get into that, talk about today's pod. So today, I'm going to do, obviously, breaking news like always. I'm going to go over some stuff that I'm ta- thinking about changing around for Thursday's podcast. Uh, usually not a lot to talk about on today uh, besides the Thursday night game, any kind of big news that's gone down. Uh, I'm going to do some practice report stuff today for what happened yesterday. Talk about if I think there's any uh, major injuries coming out of that practice report or anything that could help for the game uh, previews on Friday. And then I'll probably talk about the uh, FLA Riders League a little bit today, as we've already had on Dennis Bennett, Nick Vanderall earlier in the year was part of the league, and then I'll have on Mr. Craig Tucker tomorrow, who is in the league as well. So I'll kind of give some updates on that as well. So other than that, let's go ahead and jump into the news of the day. So just stating the obvious here from Antonio Brown, who is frustrated because, as he said, and I quote, we're losing and we suck. Uh, while I don't think that the Steelers necessarily suck, they are losing. Um, or They've lost one game. Realistically, they did tie the Browns. Uh, but it has not been a good start to the season for them. And I'm really not understanding all the controversy around this, though. I understand that he didn't show up on Monday. But if we're being realistic here, and if you really go back and look at it, this is who Antonio Brown is, guys. He's been this. He's been this for the past three, four, five years. The difference is they've been winning those years, and he hasn't now. So I don't understand why everybody's making this a big deal. He didn't ask to be traded. You know, he said that in in relationship to a tweet calling him out, where it was just stupid, in my opinion. If anything. He has made Big Ben who he is as much as Big Ben has made him. You know, that that comes together. It's not one or the other. And, I, and as I've stated before, I think Antonio Brown is one of the best wide receivers I've ever seen play the game. Uh, not really a big fantasy thing here, but uh, Joey uh, – I'm sorry. Nick Bosa is out indefinitely after having a core muscle uh, – underwent surgery for a core muscle injury today. Uh, this is big news dynasty-wise. Uh, he looked to be probably the second or third pick coming up into the draft this year. Um, you know, obviously, Joey Bosa's younger brother, their father also played in the league, was a very good player as well. Uh, I'm going to be interested to see what happens here with Bosa if he does decide to still come out or if uh, he goes back to college for one more year. This is a very loaded defensive class. Uh, I mean, you're talking. we're talking for 2019 
if you're in an IDP league, it's going to be a great year for you because this class is going to be loaded with defensive players compared to offensive players. If you're in all, just all offensive league, it's going to be a rough year dynasty-wise. But So Nick Bosa, that does suck. Uh, obviously, if you guys watched the TCU-Ohio State game, you saw I, I wasn't actually able to see it happen from where I was sitting. I knew he went down because they announced it in the stadium, but I didn't see what happened. I saw after the fact. Uh, but still, that, that just sucks for such a good-looking young player. Uh, Titans, Marcus Mariota. He's taking a majority of the reps at camp. I would expect that they're, that he's going to start this week over Blaine Gabbard as long as everything looks good today and tomorrow, which everything is saying that it looks like it's going to be there. I'm thinking he's going to be good to go, and he'll be starting week three. Jarvis Landry is expected to play tonight. Um, I should think Juice could have a decent game here. Uh the Jets have some pretty good corners, and I'm not really sure how bad his knee is. Some people are saying it's just kind of like a quote-unquote veteran rest day uh, to kind of relax him, especially because they know that they're going to be putting such a big workload on him. They're trying to give him a day off here and there, which I can understand. And if that is what they're doing, I have no fears about him whatsoever. Uh, if that isn't the reason he is having a knee issue, I would be a little bit worried about him. Just because, as I've stated in the past, while I love Jarvis Landry, and I think he's a very talented wide receiver, I don't think he's a very good outside wide receiver. He thrives in the slot, and that's where he needs to be. But he's going to be on the outside, especially now with Josh Gordon gone. And if he's having any kind of knee injuries, I can see that kind of slowing down him and his production. Uh, last but not least here, and I did touch on it yesterday, but kind of want to go into a little bit more. Aaron Rodgers and his concern about his knee getting worse throughout the year. Um, from everything I've seen and read, this isn't a, a big issue. You know, he knows that his knee isn't 100%. We all know. We can tell just by watching him. He's not the usual Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but unless it gets twisted in a weird way or anything like that, a lot of what I'm reading is is, is nothing's going to tear. He's still in rehab, still recovering. Um, you know, he'll be fine unless that happens, which I guess technically could happen on any play. But it's not something I'd worry about where it's going to do, you know, five more steps on, on an NFL field or something like that, and he's going to tear something and be out for the year. It's just something that he's letting people know, I guess, to kind of maybe lower expectations a little bit on him being the best quarterback in the league, which I think a lot of people, including myself, think that, you know, hey, it may take me a couple more weeks to get back from this because his knee is pretty messed up. All right, so that's going to do it for the news for today. Uh, what I'm going to do now uh, is kind of talk about some things I want to bring to the podcast. So I've had some people reach out to me through Twitter, uh, been having some stuff put up on Reddit. People are reaching out to me, want to be a little bit, they want to get involved with the show or ask questions and hear different stuff. So what I've done is I've created an email on Yahoo.com. It is fantasy roundtable at yahoo.com all lowercase you can email me there anytime you want about anything whether it's fantasy questions nfl questions uh you know whether i mean literally anything anything about your leagues you know waiver wire ads drops trades anything you want i will try and reply back to you as quick as possible but what i am going to use those for any emails i get is for thursday i'm going to address them on the podcast for those of you who listen obviously i would assume you would not know that unless you're listening uh so you can get your questions answered here if you got hot takes something you want to throw out there into the ether you know you think you know me for instance i've been propping up Philip Lindsay all year long, all preseason. Nobody listened to me. 
Uh, well, I wouldn't say nobody. There were people who listened to me, but now that he's become this big deal, all of a sudden, you know, it's funny for me to listen to other fantasy analysts who I've listened to throughout different parts of the year and everything, and nobody talked about Philip Lindsay. Nobody knew who he was. Nobody thought he could do anything. And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, well, I remember that kid. I, I really liked him coming out of the draft. And then, no, you didn't. That's complete bullshit because nobody was talking about him except for this guy right here because I loved him. And, and there's things that I've gotten wrong to. You know, I, I really thought Ronald Jones was going to be a legit contender for rookie of the year. And that looks horrible right now. And if I could take that back, I would. But I think you've got to own up and be honest with what you've called right and what you've called wrong. And I was completely wrong about Ronald Jones. And I could be completely wrong about somebody else in Rashad Penny. I've openly stated how much I dislike him as a football player, not as a person. I don't know him. But I don't think he's an overly talented football player. I don't think he was worth the 27th overall pick. He could prove me wrong. And if he does, and I partially hope hope he does because I don't want to see anybody fail, I'll admit that. I'll come out and be like, hey, look, guys, I fucked up. I was wrong about Rashad Penny. But that kind of stuff drives me crazy, um, that stuff with Philip Lindsay. So, but back to the to the email thing. If you have something like that, there's a player you really like that maybe I haven't talked about or you haven't heard uh, people talking about, you know, send me an email about it. I'll, I'll prop you up on here. I'll give you your due, especially if you're right. Uh, you know, you can give me your Twitter handle, Twitter handle, your real name, however you want me to do it, and I'll put it out there on the podcast. And then, of course, if anybody wants, you know, you guys want to come on, this is not just for people who write for different sites or are on different podcasts or programs like that. This all started for me when I was a fan. You know, I got into this because I loved fantasy so much. Some would say it's an addiction. I can't disagree with them on that. You know, uh, this has become a, a labor of love for me. I love doing this. I love talking about fantasy football. I love talking about other people's leagues. You know, it may not mean anything to anybody, but I can sit there and talk to somebody about one of their leagues and hear about their stuff for days. That's why I do a league podcast. That's that's actually in this uh, the fantasy roundtable thing. It's for my league mates to listen to. Some of those guys don't have time to read stuff. I used to write articles about our league all the time. And they didn't have time to read it, so I thought, hey, they're listening to this. I'll throw out a podcast. It's easier to listen to everything because you can do it while you're doing other stuff, driving, however you want to do it. So I, I don't even care. I'll, I'll bring people on so we can just talk about your league and all this other stuff and then have your league mates on and they can talk crap and back and forth. I'm good with that because I love it. I love the interaction. I love the fantasy community as a whole. And I love talking about other people's leagues with them because it's fun to see how passionate you are, not just about fantasy, but about your leagues. Because I think we can all be honest that while everybody likes fantasy, it's whatever's going on in your home league that really brings it brings it in and, and makes you love the game more. Whether it's a dynasty league or redraft, whether you've been playing 15, 20 years or just a couple years. It's, it's that interaction with your league mates in your home league that really makes you get more into fantasy and love it. So I, I'd love to expand on that more. And so every Thursday, like I said, you can email fantasyroundtable at yahoo.com. And that's me. Purely me. Nobody else. Nobody else will have that email access. Nobody else will answer that. They'll be clearly my coming from me. My advice, like I said, I'll try and check it at least every day, maybe a couple times a day for people who send in crucial questions that need to get answered quickly. But then most of the stuff I'll address on Thursday's podcast. All right. So now on to the FLA writers, uh, the FLA blog writers league. So right now we've got three teams sitting at the top of the division. Um, all two and zero. Oh, I myself am one and one, and sitting in fourth place or tied for fourth place with two other teams. Uh, my team is the 
Globo Gym Fantasy Cobras. Uh, if you haven't seen this picture of the meme, uh, it's awesome. It's got uh, Ben Stiller as White Goodman, and it says, here at, uh, here at Fantasy Football, we're better than you, and we know it. I love that picture, um, you know, because a lot of people feel that they're they're better than others. And while there are some people who do a very good job, everybody, I think, you can't really label one person an expert because you really could go out and find out all the information that I know if you really just went in dug different dug deep and and looked into everything that I look into now I may have different opinions than of than you and that just makes you your own expert I don't think there's real any true experts and a lot of people sure don't want to go and dig deep and look into these stats and find the information that we find and that's fine there's nothing wrong with that that's why you like to listen to guys like us that's why i like to give you guys the information and give you my opinions on players even though i'm going to be wrong on some guys i'm going to be right as well that's what makes fantasy great that's what makes fantasy football pods great shows rankings websites everything because everybody's just going to have different opinions on different players and and it's awesome so with our league here i mean i just kind of wanted to give a quick update on that you know we've got a couple guys who are doing pretty good here you know patrick hoffman right now he he's got the most points in our league he's two and oh being led by todd Gurley, james connor which was a nice pickup by him he got him off the free agent wire uh before literally three minutes before i jumped on there to try and do it and it's just because and i hate to admit this right now because i'm sure some of the guys will listen to it but this is like unfortunately way down the list of my priority leagues i'm in i'm in 21 leagues this year and i just i i I need to do a better job of managing each one but this one was kind of way down the list and when i saw the news he beat me to it so good for him he's got a stacked team though still keelan cole Jameson Crowder. I mean, I like Keelan Cole. Crowder's been kind of bad this year, but definitely being led by those two stud running backs right now. Also has Joe Mixon, who obviously is out this past couple weeks for an, with an injury. Second team right now, also at 2-0, is John Hamlers. He does our Tuesday podcast with the hold them and fold them waiver wire stuff uh, that uh, that comes out every Tuesday. He's doing a good job with that. Uh, he's being led by Julio and A.J. Green. Uh, you know, got Will Fuller as well. Running backs, James White and Chris Carson, which a little bit shaky, I think. Also being led by Stephon Diggs. And then in third place, Ray Levy. He writes for the blog as well, being led by Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. If that is not a huge stud pair right now, I don't even know what to tell you. I mean, LaShawn McCoy has been okay, but Randall Cobb is his uh, wide receiver, too. is a little shaky. And then, of course, he snaked Kenyon Drake for him, from me in the draft. Took him two picks before I wanted him. Ended up having to go with Deion Lewis, I believe, which, you know, wasn't a bad call if, if Lewis can – I'm sorry, Jordan Howard. That's what I took. I'm thinking of a completely different draft here, guys. Jordan Howard, who I'm hoping will be good because he was just pouted up by his head coach the other day saying they're going to get him more carries. I hope that comes true. So in third place, we've got Justin Gagliardo. I hope I said that right. I also don't know how to say his last name. Obviously being led here by the, I guess, current MVP favorite, Mr. Patrick Mahomes. He's got David Johnson, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Cooks, and Mike Evans. You know, that's a pretty good core four there. Uh, I'm personally not a big Mike Evans guy, but Cooks has looked very good this year. And then obviously Christian McCaffrey and Patrick Mahomes. David Johnson struggled a little bit, but I think he'll finally he'll, he'll return to form eventually. So he's sitting there, and then obviously got me at five. Uh, my guys, you know, Kirk Cousins, Jordan Howard, Odell, T.Y., Kittle, Sanders, and then uh, Coleman is kind of my RB2. And then I've got Gordon, Josh Gordon, who I'm hoping is going to become a beast here with New England.
after that, in the uh, sixth spot, we've got Victoria's Secret, which is Craig Tucker, who, again, will be joining me tomorrow. We'll probably talk a little, about, little bit about his team tomorrow if we have time between previews. Uh, you know, being led by Barkley Hunt, Landry, Breeze, and Amari Pooper, and obviously Chris Thompson in his flex. I did not see that. That was a great pickup by him, getting Chris Thompson his flex with as good as he's been. Number seven, the Rosen one, Robert Williams, being led by Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Tyree Kill, Golden Tate, and Evan Ingram. It's a pretty good team to be one and one. Uh, I mean, probably because Dalvin Cook struggled a little bit so far this season. Leonard Fournette, obviously, with the injury. But that's a good team. I think he's probably got a chance to make the playoffs here. Uh, next up, at eight, Sexy Rexies, Aiden Ware, uh, being led by Zeke Elliott and Deion Lewis. Uh, wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald and Marvin Jones and Aguilar. Uh, you know, Fitz, he, he's looked bad so far this year. Mostly due to the fact that Sam Bradford has looked bad. So we'll see where he goes. My goodness, I didn't realize so many teams were were tied at the fourth spot here. Six teams in general. Well, goodness. All right, well, the last team tied at four would be Mr. Daniel Tobin. Uh, being led with Alex Smith, Alex Collins, J.H.I., Antonio Brown, Devontae Adams, and Zachariah Ertz. Pretty decent wide receivers there, obviously, with Antonio Brown and Devontae Adams, so not much really after that. Uh, running backs, I don't think are that good. I've never been a Collins believer or an Ajayi believer. Do like that he backed him up with Corey Clement. I love Jordan Wilkins, though. With Marlon Mack there, I don't see Wilkins getting a lot of work. And then in the... 10th spot, we've got down in Dynasty himself, Mr. Dennis Bennett. 0-2, struggling a little bit here, but still pretty decent team here that I'm looking at him. Royce Freeman, Lamar Miller, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, and Allen Robinson. I mean, Lamar Miller hasn't been great, but he's probably just struggled with matchups this past couple weeks playing some good teams. That's actually a pretty good team. Uh, number 11, we've got Wakanda Forever, Matthew Fox, kind of the guy who runs everything for our FLA blog. He's kind of our editor-in-chief here. Uh, I mean, just snaked me on Philip Lindsay. I knew I should have picked him up before the season started, and he's a huge Broncos fan. He's, in all honesty, the other guy who's been all in on Philip Lindsay uh, since the preseason. I think it was probably like preseason week one, maybe. Uh, he was like, man, I think this Philip Lindsay kid's really good. And that's when we started talking about him. You know, he's been on him ever since, getting to see him up close there. Love the kid. Wish he wouldn't have snaked me on him. And, of course, he has Le'Veon Bell as well, which he's kind of getting screwed in there as he's having to play Peyton Barber in the bar, in the Bell spot. And then coming up right now in last place, upper hand fantasy Faraz Sadiqi, I believe is how you say his name. Being led with Ryan Fitz, Magic, baby. Melvin Gordon, Gio Bernard, Chris Hogan, Marquise Goodwin. You know, not a not a great overall team here. Kind of getting screwed with Doug Baldwin, Devontae Freeman being out. I think if either one of those were playing or both of them, this team would look completely different. You know, again, still early, man. If you guys are down in, in your leagues and it's, you're 0-2. One and one, or in all honesty, if you're two and no, don't get too high, too low, guys. I mean, I can honestly say in in my league, in my work league, the past couple of years, I've actually started out. Last year, I started out zero and three, turned around, won the championship. The year before, I was zero and five, I believe. Before I reeled off five straight wins, then lost, and then won two to go in uh, in the sixth seed, a seven six, insane thing. Went on and win a championship. So you know.
All that matters right now is that you're paying attention to the waiver wire. If you need to make trades to improve your team, do it. You know, I wouldn't suggest doing anything drastic until week three gets here. And if you're 0-3, maybe do something. Maybe trade your best player just to, to get better depth to where your overall team may be uh, better just because, yeah, you lost that stud, but you got a couple good. You know, uh, uh, maybe you trade Antonio Brown and you get yourself a high-end or low-end RB1, RB2, and then same thing, a high-end wide receiver, too, that you're going to plug in two guys now in your lineup that you know are going to get you anywhere from like 8 to 12 points every week that have that high upside. So, you know, don't, don't do anything too crazy yet. It's still early. We're only two weeks in, but we are starting week three tonight. The New York Jets coming into Cleveland, first energy stadium against the Cleveland Browns. So let's go ahead and break that game down. So you guys know I'm all in on it. Cleveland Browns, they're going to win this game tonight. I take that back. Before we jump into the Browns preview, I want to run through these practice reports from yesterday. Because, like I said, there's a couple injuries on there that could be big for the games Friday. And then, obviously, when uh, Craig joins me tomorrow, we will discuss uh, those a little bit more in depth. And I do want to throw this out there really quick about tomorrow's podcast. So, it'll probably come out a little bit later than usual. Uh, Craig being in Utah right now, our... uh, Time differences uh, and different stuff going on is going to cause us to record a little bit later. I do like to try and put the podcast out at about 5 to 6 central time. Uh, We probably won't record until about 7 o'clock central time, so it'll be out a little bit later than usual. I do apologize to those of you who may listen to it on your drives home or whatever you're doing, but hopefully you'll get a chance to listen to it over the weekend before Sunday's games hit. So the practice reports for yesterday, obviously Aaron Rodgers didn't practice, just their managing reps, no big deal there. Case Keenum did not practice, uh, everything is good there though, expected to be fine. Ryan Tannehill, Carson Wentz, same thing, they they practiced, they went full, but they are on the report practice reports, Ryan Tannehill due to the ankle, Carson Wentz obviously the knee, and then Marcus Mario to the elbow, no big deal. Running backs. Devonta Freeman, he isn't practicing and is expected to miss this game uh, in New Orleans again. So it's all it's going to be Tevin Coleman all day again here. Edo Smith will probably get some looks, uh, but I'd, I'd lean heavily on Tevin Coleman if you got him because he, there's a good chance he does close to, if not better than what he did last last week with the 106 rushing yards. Uh, Alex Collins did not practice again or did not practice fully due to an illness. He is expected to be fine and play in Denver, but that is something to watch. Uh, LaShawn McCoy has been limited in his practice uh, the past couple days. Uh, If he does not go, it's expected to be a running back. Uh, They're going to kind of split the carries here with Chris Ivory and Marcus Murphy. Um, not sure. For me, I would probably grab Marcus Murphy because I think he's a little bit more explosive than Chris Ivory. But I expect Chris Ivory to get a lion's share of the workload here. Uh, Giovanni Bernard was limited again, but he is expected to start. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals did sign Thomas Rawls off the uh, waiver wire or out of free agency, however you want to word it. Um, I don't expect him to do much here, but he'll probably get some work in here behind Giovanni Bernard. They don't want to just run Bernard out there all by himself, so Rawls will get some work, but I'd expect, just like uh, Ivory, I expect Bernard to get a lion's share of the work. Marlon Mack did not practice again Wednesday. Uh, if he is out, I expect it to be full Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines. That has been the past couple weeks. Uh, Leonard Fournette was limited, but it looks like he will be good to go versus Tennessee. Uh, Melvin Gordon with his neck was uh, went in full, so he should be fine. No issues for him against the Rams. 
Uh, Kenyon Drake went full. No issues there. Dalvin Cook did not practice because of the hamstring. Uh, he should be good to go here, but if not, watch out for Latavius Murray this week. If he's on your waiver wire, guys, maybe maybe worth a little speculative ad here just in case something happens with Dalvin Cook and he can't play. It'd be nice to have Latavius Murray because, you know, them going up against Buffalo. Buffalo's been gashed the past couple weeks. Murray could put up some serious points here. Uh, Marshawn Lynch was limited, but he should be fine. J.J. didn't practice. Uh, obviously, Darren Sproles out as well. I talked about this on yesterday. Corey Clement and Josh Adams has been signed off their practice squad. I love this kid. I'm telling you, he's going to be something. He's probably not going to do much of this year. But within the coming years, again, he was he was in the talks for the Heisman last year. You have to be good for that to happen, guys. I know that people like Johnny Manziel won the Heisman didn't do anything. It's a little bit different as a running back. Just go back and look at how dominant he was with Notre Dame last year before that ankle injury. Uh, Derrick Henry was limited but is expected to be fine against Jacksonville. For the wide receivers, Larry Fitzgerald with his hamstring, he did not practice in full, uh, but he is expected to be fine for for the game against Chicago, but definitely something to watch here, especially with as bad as this Arizona offense has looked. Uh, Julio Jones did not practice with the calf uh, calf injury. He should, he's expected to be fine. Kelvin Benjamin with his hip was limited. Uh, Curtis Samuel, medical illness, did not practice, and I'm thinking he is not going to play against Cincinnati, which sucks because he was looking good in the preseason, and I was really looking forward to seeing what he was going to do in the regular season, but really just hasn't gotten a shot to prove much so far. Uh, Jarvis Landry was is questionable with the knee, but he's expected to play, and as I reported earlier, they have pretty much said that he is going to play tonight, him and Demarius Randall, who was also out or injured as well. DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller were limited. Hopkins with a thumb and ankle issue. Will Fuller with just the hamstring. Uh, but they are expected to play against the Giants, and I would expect to see them out there. T.Y. Hilton with his quadricep didn't practice. Expected to be okay for Philadelphia. Travis Benjamin was limited again here with a foot injury. Uh, likely that he comes back and plays this week against the Rams, but he couldn't miss one more week being this week. Uh, Josh Gordon was limited with the Patriots because of his hamstring. Not expected to do much here uh, in Detroit. I would imagine he probably gets maybe a handful of plays just to see if there's anything there between him and Tom Brady. But other than that, I don't expect him to do much here this week. Uh, you've got Ted Ginn still with the knee, uh, but should be fine against Atlanta. For the Jets, Quincy Nunwa with his thumb and Terrell Pryor with his ankle both went in full yesterday, so they will be available today against the Browns. And Marquise Goodwin is back. He is limited in practice and is expected to play this weekend against Kansas City. That should be very interesting. If you have him in your dynasty leagues you or even redraft leagues, you might want to fire him up this week. And then last but not least, Doug Baldwin. He is still out, still not practicing, and he will miss again in Dallas. Now we will get on to the Thursday night preview. The New York Jets coming into First Energy Stadium against the Cleveland Browns. All right, so this should be a really interesting game here. You know, from Cleveland's side of things, you've got going up against Sam Darnold, the quarterback you had a chance to take. Everybody thought you were going to take before you went Baker Mayfield, though I loved Baker more than Darnold. Darnold is a great-looking prospect and looks to be good for probably the next decade. 
Uh, for the Browns' defense, they've looked legit so far this year. So they're they're the league leaders with eight takeaways, though six of those obviously coming in week one against Big Ben and the Steelers, and only two coming last week. Um, I do expect them to be able to get some pressure on Sam Darnold. Greg Williams does a good job calling plays and designing different, uh, you know, different blitz packages and everything that are a little bit harder to decipher. Not just for rookies, but obviously look what he did against Ben Roethlisberger and Drew Brees, two of the more elite quarterbacks in the league. So if he can continue to put pressure on Darnold, I think Darnold's going to end up making some mistakes. They need to get to him. They need to sack him. But this wide receiver core for the Jets is extremely good. You know, Quincy and Nunwa likely will be in the slot most of this game against Bodie Calhoun. Uh, I don't think that's a particularly good matchup for the Browns or even Carey from the Raiders. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. The rest of the Browns offense, sorry. Um, I'm a little worried about Carlos Hyde here. The Jets' defense has done pretty good against the run, and while Hyde's been getting points due to the volume and scoring touchdowns, uh, his YPC has been very poor. It's, I think, two at 2.8 right now. Hasn't looked that great rushing the ball. I'm a little worried a bit about worried about him. I know a lot of talk this week about Duke Johnson and getting him more touches has given some people optimism. Hugh Jackson has shown us... For the most part, that once he announces something or talks about it in a press conference, it goes the other way. So I'm not sure I believe that Duke Johnson's going to get more touches. And then I don't expect to see anything out of Nick Chubb at all this week. At quarterback Tyrod, I'm I'm torn on Tyrod right now. I think I would probably not – I would not start him this week because I do think that defense is going to be able to get to him. I don't expect him to be able to rush for a lot of yards. I think that's where most of his value comes from at this point. While he can sling it and sling it deep – you know, that touchdown catch last week to Antonio Callaway, I think, was more Callaway than Tyrod. Tyrod just looked like he threw it up and Callaway went and got it. Uh, so I wouldn't trust Tyrod this week. At wide receiver, obviously, if you've got Jarvis, you're playing, and whether it's just your wide receiver two or flex, or even if he's up as your wide receiver one, he's going to get the targets. Uh, he's going to hopefully have himself a good game here. Like I said, I don't like him playing on the outside that much, especially without Josh Gordon. I'd prefer him be in the slot. They don't really have anybody else to put out there. Uh, Richard Higgins, I think, might have a decent game here being in the slot. I think that's kind of where the New York Jets' weakness is, is that linebacker core in their slot corner. Uh, so Higgins could have himself a fairly decent day here. But my pick to blow up in this offense is Antonio Callaway. Uh, not just because of the big play last week, but I think he's got the skills, the speed, and the stamina to do good here for the Browns this week, or this week tonight. Uh, so he's my pick. Uh, the secondary... Is good, but not great. I think he'll be able to get by a couple guys, and with Callaway, it just takes one big play to make your night. Uh, with David and Joku here, he worries me a little bit. Again, with Josh Gordon out, I'd hope that he'd get more targets, uh, more playing time. Uh, the problem with Njoku is, is that from what I've read, he doesn't catch the ball with his hands. He catches it with his palms. And in doing that, you're going to drop passes. You're not going to snatch the ball out of the air. So until he improves on that, he's going to struggle catching the ball. He's gotten the most targets so far at anybody, uh, any other tight ends in the league. So he should be producing. He just isn't. Now, whether that's a reflection on bad throws by Tyrod, which some have been overthrows, like in game one where he could have possibly had a 60-yard touchdown walk-off, or if it's just the way that the Hugh Jackson and Todd Haley are utilizing him. I think I need to see a couple more weeks before we make that determination just yet. 
But for me, this week, I probably wouldn't start him. On the Jet side of things, Sam Darnold, uh, I'd be worried about starting him this week with as good as the Cleveland Browns defense has looked again. They've gone up against Big Ben and Drew Brees and, for the most part, shut both of them down. I know that both teams have scored 20 points. But when your defense is holding elite quarterbacks and offensive teams like that to 20 points, you should be winning the games. I don't think Sam Darnold's quite near either one of their levels yet. And while he could go out there and have a big game tonight, I wouldn't expect it. So I would lean toward fading Darnold tonight. Running back-wise, I would probably go Powell. I realistically, not just because I'm a Browns fan, do think the Browns win this game tonight. And to do that, they're probably going to be ahead most of the night. So I think that lends more toward Powell's game than Crowell. Though Crowell does have the so-called quote-unquote revenge narrative going on, if you believe in that kind of thing, he probably does want to come out and just bludgeon that defensive line down for Cleveland because of the fact that the Browns let him go. I don't think he'll do it, but I could see him having a little bit of extra motivation tonight. Uh, As for their wide receivers, so... I'm much bigger on a noon month than I am the other guys. I think in the slot, again, is the Browns' weakest corner position. Uh, I think Denzel Ward has a chance to be a franchise shutdown cornerback. Bodie Calhoun and Carey there in the slot corner, I think, are their weakest. So Anunwa probably is going to get a lot of work here tonight. They're going to have to do what they can to try and shut him down. I don't think Robbie Anderson is viable right now, guys. Uh, I just don't think Darnold's looking to him. He's looking to Anunwa a lot, a lot, a lot. My goodness, it sounds like waka waka there. Jesus, need to learn how to talk a lot. Uh, Darnold has just targeted him a shit ton over over Robbie Anderson. I know Robbie Anderson had the long touchdown, uh, but I would stay away from Anderson right now because especially I see Terrell Pryor coming up now. I mean, Pryor has looked good. Now, I would I would be hesitant to start Pryor tonight. I think I need to see it one more week, but he definitely looked good last week, and uh, I think that he could very realistically have himself a good game tonight. But I, I would lean heavily on Anunwa, and then everybody else in the in – the, I was going to call it the Sam's offense. Sam Darnold's Jets offense, I would go ahead and fade him. So, again, I'm, I'm picking the Browns to win tonight. We are going to be dancing in the streets. I'm a maniac, maniac on the floor, and I'm dancing like I've never danced before. <laughs> you know, some, some Browns fans might even just be completely overwhelmed with joy, getting free Bud Light. Uh, you know, hopefully they can, you know, stay calm and just enjoy the win. That's right! We can't have anyone freak out out there, okay? We've got to keep our composure! We've got too far. There's too much to lose. We've got to just keep our composure. Ah, I'm in a glass case of emotion. Other than that, guys, hopefully I'm right because, man, it's going to be a long, hard day tomorrow if the Browns end up losing to the Jets. I would love to be able to see them get that first win. You know, only having the one win the past two seasons and been like 300 and... I don't even know how many days, 60-plus I think it is now, 70-plus. I don't even want to think about it anymore, but they're going to win tonight. I truly believe in it, so hope you guys enjoy the game tonight, and I will talk to you guys again tomorrow. Peace. Thank you again for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. Check us out on Twitter, FLA Blog on Medium, and come back tomorrow for our brand-new episode. Have a great day, guys. 